This keeps happening. Sulfuric acid spills near Trail for the third time this year. Well, it's going to have a huge impact on businesses. And how businesses along the Canby Corridor are set to lose a day's business and why there's nothing they can do about it. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, every year, thousands of people head to Maple Ridge's Golden Ears Provincial Park for some camping. The policy has always been first come, first served. But next year, during peak season, the only way you'll get a camping spot is by booking online. Now, campers are fighting back. Grace Key reports. A little rain won't stop Tamara and her boyfriend Aiden from camping at Golden Ears Provincial Park. With her schedule, the summer reservation system doesn't always work, so she relies on first-come, first-serve sites. Sometimes we just have random days off work. It's not always easy to, you know, plan a trip. Sometimes it's more spontaneous. It's going to get tougher for Tamara to camp here. During next year's peak season, campsites at Golden Ears will be 100% reservable. So Tamara added her name to an online petition to keep first-come, first-serve sites. I love camping here, so I just felt like I wanted to... Be heard. So obviously there's a real appetite for this. Yes. Friends Angela Massey and Mike Babor started the petition on change.org. They say getting a reservation is like winning the lottery. Tour companies are, are starting to get in on the action. They're buying up blocks of sites and then re-renting re them at a premium. You can only book four months in advance. And so you've got the, like, the young adults that may or may not have the ability to use a credit card. And you also have the seniors that may not be tech savvy. The Environment Ministry is saying the overwhelming public demand is for increased reservation opportunities and BC Parks adjusts reservable inventory on an annual basis in response to occupancy demand. BC Parks also added 431 campsites this year with six additional sites created in Golden Ears. The times of a family getting up just to go camping for the weekend because the weather's good, their shifts allow it, is gone. Of the 10,700 campsites BC Park manages, about 55% are reservable and 45% are first come, first serve. Angela and Mike are hoping to gather enough signatures so they can continue a family tradition. Grace Key, Global News. Tenants struggling with Metro Vancouver's housing affordability crisis are going to find out tomorrow what the province is recommending for renters to get some relief. Earlier this month, the province announced the maximum rental increase for 2019 is going to be 4.5%. That is a, the highest rate hike in 15 years. BC's Rental Housing Task Force then announced it is going to study the formula that determines those increases as well as modernising the Residential Tenancy Act. Now, for the third time this year, there's been a sulfuric acid spill near the Kootenay community of Trail. The past two accidents caused damage to thousands of vehicles. Many of them were written off by ICBC. Although this, this weekend spill is minor, people in Trail are feeling very frustrated again. Tanya Beja reports. The spill happened around 5 Saturday evening. A truck operated by Trimac Transport was carrying sulfuric acid from Tech's trail facility. When the truck was unloaded, officials say they noticed a small spill, less than a cup in volume. The fact that I wasn't really surprised is kind of a sad reality now. That's uh, dangerous to us and uh, we, I'm starting to feel unsafe here. 
International Raw Materials buys the acid from Tech and says in addition to the spill at the reload centre, three other dime-sized leaks occurred on the Seven Mile Dam Road. And I just want to assure the residents of Trail that uh, there is, we're told there is no impact on the main highway and it was restricted to uh, on-site uh, property at the reload centre. IRM says the spills were neutralized and cleaned up, but that's little comfort to residents like Ian McLeod. Just can't fathom why this keeps happening. In April and May, sulfuric acid leaked from a truck over several kilometres of highway and trail, splashing onto any car driving through. That led to roughly 3,000 ICBC claims. Maybe the Department of Transport has to get on top of this and just tell them that's it, you're done, no more acid until you can prove that there will be no more spills. With this most recent spill, I'm not happy. You know, I had to put out uh, a fairly good chunk of money to, to replace my vehicle. According to the province, there are no health or environmental impacts from the latest incident. IRM also issued a statement saying TriMac will be conducting a full investigation into the root cause of the drip and corrective actions will be taken. All sulfuric acid shipments via road have been temporarily suspended while the investigation takes place. Company and city officials are meeting in trail Monday. Residents say they want guarantees a spill won't happen again. Tanya Beja, Global News. An eight-block stretch of the Canby Corridor is going to be in the dark for most of the day tomorrow. Businesses along the route have posted signs of the impending outage that is forcing them to shut down for the day. BC Hydro says the outage is needed to replace a power pole, which can't be done with live power lines or at night. BC Hydro says the impact will be on residential properties the most, but the local business association says it is going to have a negative effect on businesses as well. Losing a whole day of sales. I mean, it might be one thing for small businesses as well, like small businesses such as retail. They will lose, well, staff will lose a day of work. They will lose a day of sales. You're also looking at other businesses such as medical offices. You're looking at physiotherapists. You're looking at a bank that has to shut down for the day. You're looking at um, people who are expecting their dental appointments, their medical appointments, restaurants that have to figure out how to store their food for a whole day without refrigeration. We're told that this isn't the only one. There are others coming up. So this is only the first of several outages that they're going to experience, all of them being an entire business day. A fight at a Surrey Park last night ended with a 17-year-old girl being stabbed. Police say the fight broke out at Unwin Park on 68th Avenue just after 6 in the evening. The girl was rushed to hospital. Her injuries are said to be non-life-threatening. Surrey RCMP are still investigating, but they do believe this was a targeted attack involving several youth who know each other. We've got a follow-up now on a story that we told you about on last night's news hour. A Porsche 911 that was impounded after its driver was caught going well over the speed limit. It was taking part in a charity rally up the seat to Sky Highway that ironically was meant to benefit first responders. Kristen Robinson reports. A line of luxury cars leaves for a six-hour backroads drive on day two of the Porsche rally. Before the succession of supercars ended up parked in Whistler, there was a bump in the road. Less than one hour into the route from Langley Saturday, West Vancouver police busted this Porsche 911 and tweeted the alleged offense, 138 kilometers an hour in a 90k zone during heavy rain on Highway 1. 
there's that many accidents on the Highway 99 that it's not worth the risk to be breaking the law and putting other people at danger. He deserved to have his car impounded. I'm sorry, there's just too many people that get killed on this highway. Ironically, the driving rally raises money for local 911 emergency services. This year's charity of choice, Pemberton Fire Rescue, a volunteer department first on the scene of many sea-to-sky crashes. Sounds like a bit of a mixed message, <laughs> yeah. Even though it is a charity event, I guess that no one's really exempt from doing the wrong thing. I don't want to taint the event with one person. Pemberton's mayor says he's still grateful for the rally's support of his village. Well, it's certainly a little disappointing. I'm, I'm, I'm going on the premise that it's the exception to the rule through, for the event, and, and it was a one-off situation. About 100 Porsches were on the road at the time. Participants are warned speed limits on the sea to sky must be followed. Global News reached out to Porsche rally organizers, but did not receive a response. I think the group should, in some ways, be as unforgiving as the police. Kristen Robinson, Global News. It is the second official day of the civic election campaign and some of the Vancouver mayoral candidates have been busy at a town hall in Chinatown. The Social Service Group Success and the Centre for Israel and Jewish Affairs hosting a pre-election town hall with six of the candidates. They were asked questions about housing affordability, community safety, seniors care, immigration, transportation and also accessibility. Now to the race for Kelowna's mayor. That is heating up quite literally this weekend. A campaign sign for one of the candidates was found on fire. Global's Jules Knox has that story for us tonight. The tattered remains after an election sign torched. On Saturday morning, Bobby Kennedy's sign for mayor going up in flames. Vandalism is kind of part of the game when it comes to, to signs. I was surprised that it was torched completely, but people have been faced much worse things over the years and they stood up for themselves. So as far as an election sign is concerned, that's the least of my worries. The sign was planted firmly between a host of other campaign ads, also sprouting election promises, near the intersection of Kelowna's Lakeshore and El Dorado roads. It was the only one on fire, but still the pot shop owner turned mayoral candidate doesn't feel targeted. I think maybe just mine is a bigger sign and uh, easier to light on fire, or maybe it is targeted, who knows? Kennedy has faced vandalism before in the 2014 election when he ran for city councillor. He says a sign was spray-painted. As for local residents here, they're appalled by the arson. I just don't know why. I, I'm curious as to what exactly is going on, and it's not something that we often see in this neighbourhood. I think uh, we're really lucky in this country that everybody have a say in, in uh, our political representation. So I think it's terrible that, that people think that they can burn those things down. A new sign is now in place and police confirm they are investigating the incident. They're asking any eyewitnesses to step forward. If anyone has any uh, video surveillance footage, um, perhaps in that area that may assist in our investigation, we'd like them to come forward with that as well. Police say the person who lit the sign on fire could be charged criminally with arson and possibly mischief. As for Kennedy, he says the vandalism has sparked him to fight harder for the causes he believes in, like reducing crime. Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. 
Now, French is often the second language a lot of students study in BC schools, but would you consider learning Farsi? One man has started a campaign to have the Persian language offered in public schools. He believes it's a way those of Persian descent on the Lower Mainland can maintain their culture and others can tap into it. It is estimated the Lower Mainland is home to about 110,000 Farsi-speaking residents. It is important uh, first, uh, for one part it's for the Persian-speaking families because they would like to transfer that, uh, their heritage and their language to their kids. And for me, uh, other than that, it's personally important because I think as newcomers when we go to a new land, we have to bring some souvenirs with us and the beauties of the Persian literature and language is uh, one thing to share with our fellow Canadians. Welcome back. Well, on Friday, two tornadoes touched down in the Ottawa area. Residents today, though, still reeling from the scope of that damage. Dozens of homes were levelled, vehicles tossed around, huge trees came crashing down, and several people were left hurt, at least two of them critically. Global's Mike Lecature now has the latest on recovery efforts. The sounds of chainsaws cut through the Arlington Woods neighbourhood of Ottawa. Century-old trees that once created a peaceful canopy over these homes are the same ones that came crashing down on them. The tree came and removed the frame of the front door, pushed it back about three feet. The brick wall is now bowed and the entrance destroyed. Still, Tracy Graham counts herself lucky. We work from home, so it's, it's, we are here every day, all day, all four seasons. Uh, we Amazing love it. You weren't at no, that time. No, it's amazing we weren't here. Environment Canada has confirmed an EF2 tornado hit around 6 p.m. Friday in this community 20 minutes southwest of Parliament Hill. Wind gusts topped 200 kilometers per hour, uprooting trees and smashing windows. Now, it shocked so many people in this area where the EF2 tornado touched down is how selective it was. You can see it didn't even touch that part of the neighborhood when just about 20 meters this way, those winds topple not one but two trees smashing it into this home. It's hard to imagine you, everywhere you walk around this neighborhood, it looks like you're in someone else's neighborhood. I think this is all their stuff. In Dunrobin, residents scour the streets for their belongings in neighborhoods that were wiped out by the EF3 tornado. Incredibly, there are some very lucky finds. That is the laptop. <laughs> so I found oh that. Oh my god. You have a textbook. Yeah. <laughs> we're here. We're going to help her. Premier Doug Ford consoled residents after getting a first-hand look at the devastation and he's committed to helping the rebuild. As, as long as, as no one has been killed, we can replace the infrastructure and we will. We will spare no resources in this province. <laughs> An even more impressive display of community is playing out closer to Ottawa in Barhaven. For two straight days, volunteers have cooked three meals a day for people without power. We have crackers and peanut butter and bread at home, pretty much, because everything else is, is in the fridge and freezers and it's going to be have to tossed. And community leaders say they will continue to be here helping their neighbours until everyone is back on their feet. Mike LeCouture, Global News, Ottawa. 
An air passenger rights advocate has filed a complaint with the Canadian Transportation Agency against a new Calgary-based low-cost airliner. Swoop, you might remember, launched this summer as Canada's first ultra-low-cost airline. Now, federal law requires domestic airlines to offer a basic fare that includes a carry-on bag. But Swoop charges anywhere between $35 and $80 for that service, which the complainant says is a violation of the law. So with Swoop, if you have a carry-on, then if you notify them at the time of booking that you have a carry-on, then it will be $35. But if you wait until the boarding gate that you have a carry-on and only then you tell the airline that you want to, to bring it on board, then uh, you will have to pay $80 plus taxes. We do have issue with how this is being communicated to the public. Passengers should be entitled to know when they make their booking exactly what is going to be their bottom line. Now, the Canadian Transportation Agency now has to decide if any action is going to be taken in the next four months. We do have a statement to Global News from Swoop. It says it's Canada's first ultra-low-cost carrier with a completely unbundled product and service offering that puts the traveller in control of where they spend and where they save. They further add, we have taken great care to clearly explain what is included in the fare and which optional for purchase extras are available. All right. In other news tonight, an iconic Vancouver cafe is getting an international nod of approval. The Ovaltine Cafe has been named one of the 50 greatest cafes on earth. The accolade came earlier this month in an article from the Telegraph's travel section that was very impressed with the cafe's decor and, quote, anti-cool name. The cafe has been in business since 1942 and has been featured in some high-profile movies and TV productions, including The X-Files, Supernatural, iRobot and Birth of the Dragon. And for us, it's exciting to not just see the, the film industry, how they work, but also when we actually sit down and get to watch these shows and movies that we can spot out little, little chairs and nooks and crannies that we know, say, hey, that's us. And... And we're proud too. Yeah, hmm. we're very proud. Well, All right, you. We gotta go there. We gotta yeah. check it out. Oh, yeah, I, I, well, buy I, I, some Ovaltine. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. Where I come from, Ovaltine's a very big deal. <laughs> I didn't realize. Do, do, do people have it before bed here? Uh, in the past, not for maybe 35 years. I want to say oh, it's okay. been a while, but you know. <laughs> it's not just for the over 18s. Just saying. Oh, okay. All right. Anyway, like <laughs> it's been pretty wet out there. A bit of hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah. So we're just going to give you a quick snapshot of some of the totals that we did manage to round up, and these. These were taken from Thursday all the way until this morning with a significant amount for western sections along the island, a soaker, <coughs> excuse me, with over 120 millimeters areas near West Van at 96 and you can see lesser amounts for Victoria with just 16 millimeters. We've gone from a significant amount of rain to a nice clearing. Aww. We've been advertising some sunshine. Um, I'll show you how long it's going to last and uh, the temperatures are going to warm up for a few spots as well. Those temperatures coming up very shortly. Welcome back. Well, fireworks are expected in Washington, D.C. on Thursday when the woman accusing Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh of sexual assault testifies before the Senate Judiciary Committee. The alleged attack happened back when they were both teenagers and Kavanaugh is denying the accusation. Countdown to Thursday at 10 a.m. When Christine Blasey Ford completes her journey from anonymous accuser to high-profile witness. 
and Brett Kavanaugh tries to clear his name. But Ford's lawyers remain disappointed. She's agreed to move forward with the hearing, even though the committee has refused to subpoena Mark Judge. Ford claims Mark Judge, a high school friend of Kavanaugh's, was in the room when she says Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her while drunk at a party. Ford says Judge jumped on the bed, causing all three to tumble to the floor. But the White House pointed out that Judge wrote the Senate Judiciary Committee. I have no memory of the alleged incident. I do not recall the party described. Senate Republicans will not subpoena that friend, but Democrats say he should be required to testify under oath. As far as a friend, his friend, Mark Judge, not even testify, that is astounding to me. He was right there in that room. But two other high school friends named by Ford also deny any knowledge, including Leland Kaiser, whose lawyer stated, Ms. Kaiser does not know Mr. Kavanaugh, and she has no recollection of ever being at a party where he was present. However, the Washington Post reports that Kaiser told them she does believe Ford's allegation. And many Democrats say they do, too. While some Republicans contend that more than he said, she said evidence is needed given the Supreme Court seat at stake. Unless there's something more, no, I'm not going to ruin Judge Kavanaugh's life over this. But she should come forward. She should have her say. She will be respectfully treated. Now, plumes of smoke and ash can be seen in Indonesia after a volcano spewed lava overnight. Now, the volcano has been active since June. The Indonesian government says it has erupted at least 44 times in just a week. No one was injured. There's been no disruptions to tourism on nearby islands or to air traffic. The volcano is on a new island that was formed by an underwater eruption that was back in 1927. High rain triggering flash floods in northern India. Residents watched from rooftops as fast-moving water was flowing through the town of Kulu. More than a dozen people had to be rescued from the water. Many more forced to evacuate from their homes. Hundreds die every year in India from flooding and landslides. This rain isn't expected to let up until tomorrow. And the storm system slamming parts of the U.S., causing a herd of cattle to be swept away in Oklahoma. Dozens of cows, uh, Oklahoma even, I do apologize, dozens of cows were overtaken by flood water after more than 30 centimeters of rain fell on their field. Some of them managed to get to land safely, but several are still unaccounted for. Now, legendary singer-songwriter Paul Simon has just wrapped up his farewell concert tour last night. It happened in Queens, New York, which is only a 20-minute bike ride away from where he grew up. The 76-year-old chose Flushing Meadows at Corona Park for his final show. Fans from around the world came in to catch the landmark performance. Simon is not retiring. He has not ruled out occasionally performing again in the future, but he said that this is his last time out on the road uh, because touring and travelling has kept him away from his family. Now, it's a tradition at weddings, a bride wearing something old, something new, something borrowed, and, of course, something blue on her wedding day. Now, the Duchess of Sussex has revealed her something blue, which she carried down the aisle at her wedding to Prince Harry more than four months ago. 
Somewhere in here, there's a piece of, did you see it? The piece of blue fabric that's stitched inside. No. It was my something blue. It's my, it's oh, fabric how nice. from well, my. Oh, I hope it's still in there. Yes, we'll have to look at that. It's fabric from the dress that I wore on our first date. Oh, that's about <laughs> Oh, how cute. In her first interview since the May wedding, the former Meghan Markle was reunited with her wedding dress. Uh, so she also revealed she did not see the veil before her big day. This is all part of a documentary about Queen Elizabeth and her role as head of the Commonwealth. Uh, that is going to air in the UK later this week and on HBO next month. All right, a lot of people doing some good work today. Hundreds heading out to Deer Lake Park in Burnaby in the fight against bladder cancer. Three, two, one. Have fun, everyone! Dr. Black is off! I think they had a lot of fun. This is the fifth most uh, common form of cancer diagnosed in the country. 9,000 Canadians will be diagnosed with it this year alone. It is hoped this walk is going to raise awareness so more people can educate themselves on the warning signs and then catch the disease early on. Bladder cancer has for so long been relatively... Uh, ignored, underfunded, uh, under the radar, and it's really important for us just to, to get out there and, and make everyone aware that bladder cancer is an important disease. All right, this was all going on at Sunset Beach today. More than 200 marking the 33rd annual Vancouver AIDS Walk to English Bay and back along the seawall. Today, they raised more than 110 thousand dollars to help support programs and services for those living with HIV and AIDS. Now we have come to the stage where there still is no cure, there's still stigma, however we have medication which makes people like me be able to live longer. I've actually had HIV since 1989, it's a long time. All right, a lot of good work by lots of people. Um, and Yvonne, at least it didn't pour down all day, so it made it a bit easier. <laughs> they picked the nicest day out of the weekend. Uh, we did see a few sprinkles this morning. We hung on to a fair bit of cloud cover, but it's cleared out, and it's been a very wet month so far. We've had 14 days of rain out of the 23, and the average typically sits at eight days, but it looks like we'll end off the month with plenty of sunshine. 15 right now with a southwesterly wind at 7 kilometres per hour. That's our high for today, still below the average for this time of the year of 18, a record on the Almanac, a hot one back in 2009 with a record high of 28 degrees. Across the south coast today, though, into the teens for most areas, 19 for Port Alberni, Victoria today up to 14 degrees and Whistler topping out at 12. Still seeing temperatures into the low teens right now with Coquitlam currently sitting at 12 degrees. Good evening into Tuasson at 15, Surrey sitting at 14 and most spots for the Fraser Valley ranging between 13 and 14 degrees. Southern half of the Okanagan for Soyuz at 19, Quinell sitting at 13, and your current temperature along the north coast for Prince Rupert at 13 degrees. Satellite and radar, still a few isolated showers across the central interior over the last two hours, and we're still seeing a push of moisture for the north coast. That's the one area for the province tomorrow. We'll see showers in behind it, a bit of a break, and then on Wednesday we'll start to see another wave of moisture pushing in. Future cast into play, a nice clearing on the way across the central and southern half 
south of the province. The exception, once again, will be for the north coast. We've got a ridge of high pressure. This is the dominant feature that we're following. It's going to start to build in very strong. We'll see sunshine and dry conditions for the beginning of the work week and continuing in towards Thursday. The peak of the temperature is Wednesday, Thursday. For the interior, will be into the low 20s and then a bit of a change on the way as the ridge starts to weaken, but fantastic over the next four days. For the piece, up to 13 degrees, a westerly wind tomorrow with gusts of up to 40 kilometers per hour, an increase in cloud cover on Wednesday and rain developing for the evening. White horse up to 14, a nice bright start to the morning with an increase in cloud cover, a southeasterly wind at 30 kilometers per hour. Coastal section, so it's rain or showers for tomorrow, a break on Tuesday, and then it returns once again on your Wednesday, so on and off. Caribou and Central Interior will just see the shower activity for the morning hours, much drier for the afternoon. Columbia and Kootenai Region 17 as the high, warming up midweek with 21 sunshine and dry for the next three days. The Thompson Okanagan 17 for most areas, southern sections near the border for a Soyuz up to 22. Whistler will be up to 15 degrees. Wednesday, Thursday, the warmest, up to 19 and 20. And across the island and right for the south coast, we are going to see that sunshine continuing over the next four days. It is going to warm up for areas away from the water, back into the low 20s, very pleasant. And for tomorrow on Monday, back to school and work, we'll see that sunshine and high of 17. Sonia? That is a good forecast. Thanks very much for that, Yvonne. All right, visitors to a boardwalk in New Jersey were in for a death-defying show yesterday. Let's show you what happened here. A raccoon had climbed nine stories up a building. It then stopped and then seemed to jump. Remarkably, he got up and scampered off moments later. Let's take a look at that. Whoa. Proving it's not just cats that have nine lives. Welcome back. Well, even by CFL standards, the Lions' epic comeback win last night versus the Ticats was hard to believe. No doubt many Lions woke up this morning wondering if it was all a dream, but it's the good kind of reality, the kind of emotional victory that could propel them to great things in Wally Buono's last season. One last gasp. Jennings. Just when you thought the BC Lions game couldn't get any more exciting, it did. Lions extracting every ounce of energy out of themselves and their fans. Brian Burnham hauling in back-to-back John Jennings passes in a comeback that'll go down as one for the ages. Jennings, does he have it? How close were you to being out of bounds there on that two point? Man, I guess by just a blade of grass. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm just I'm glad for instant replay. I'm, I'm glad they were able to get it right, man. But it's, it's it's exciting. It's been chaos. What's exciting is the Lions now find themselves in the thick of a playoff hunt. Ty Long's fourth field goal of the night, securing BC its third straight victory. More importantly, BC's now tied with Winnipeg for fourth in the West. And the thought of either crossing over to the east for a playoff game or catching Edmonton for third in the west isn't such a far-fetched idea. This win, we needed it three in a row. I mean, man, that's why you play. Hey, we're rolling. We're rolling. No third and seven. What shouldn't be lost in the last second heroics is how BC orchestrated the comeback. John Jennings conducted the Lions offense like Boston Pops' John Williams at the symphony. He was calm and systematic in his aerial attack. Jennings doesn't make these completions, and BC doesn't win. Two seconds on the clock. 
feels great, man. Um, it just, you know, we needed it. Uh, and that's my job is, is to do everything I can to try to help this team win. And uh, we found a way to get it done. I think this uh, gives our offense a lot of uh, confidence. And, uh, you know, obviously it'll give our team a lot of confidence because, you know, we have six more games to play. Uh, a lot's at stake for everybody. And, uh, you know, a game like tonight uh, was critical because you got to win. You got to win at home. And, uh, you got to keep pace with the teams ahead of you. All right, back to the NFL. Battle of L.A., Chargers and Rams. Third quarter, Jared Goff to Cooper Cup, who will break that tackle and keep on going. 53-yard touchdown, 28-13 for the Rams. You look like they will walk to the NFC West Division title. Then Goff to Robert Woods for the touchdown. Three TD passes for Goff. Rams go to 3-0. and beating the Chargers 35-23. Saints and Falcons from Atlanta. This was a wild game as uh, Drew Brees set the all-time NFL completions mark today, now over 63, passing Brett Favre. But it was this little piece of running by the almost 40-year-old. How about the spin move for the touchdown to send this one to overtime, tied at 37, and in OT, the game-winning touchdown plunge, 43-37, the Saints win. Packers visiting Washington, and uh, sorry, Chanel, no pack miracles today. Alex Smith to Paul Richardson makes the catch, then rolls in for the touchdown, 7-0 Washington, and then later Smith will find Jamison Crowder, and Washington rolls 31-17. They're now 2-1. The Packers drop to 1-1-1. All right, not sure how good your memory is, but uh, we've got a story about a Chilliwack man who trained his mind to remember a huge amount of data in a short period of time. Apparently, he's so good at it, he has just won the National Memory Championships. Julia Foy has his story. deck that I'm going to memorize, we're going to shuffle, and then I'll memorize that. 33-year-old Braden Adams of Chilliwack is a memory magician of sorts. And then I'll take this deck and rearrange it in the same order as the deck I memorized. Try to remember those instructions. We'll be coming back to them later. So we'll put that to the side. Memorizing numbers, names, faces, even Rubik's Cubes are just some of the challenges people across the country faced recently in the Canadian Mind Sports Association National Championship. Quite brain dead. Very exhausting. So I had to have, have my wife drive me home. <laughs> <laughs> Adams competed in five categories and came out as the new Canadian memory champion. Anybody can do this. Most memory athletes will even tell you their memories aren't good at all. Something that'll make it stick. So you can have bunnies eating lettuce and then that'll be lettuce. So we can go in here. One of Adams' tricks is creating a memory palace where you take a visual journey and make word associations. I'm going to write 12 items on this shopping list and then Braden's going to explain how you can remember lists like this by creating your own memory palace. If we specifically need borax, you could maybe think of Borat, the, <laughs> the <laughs> Sa yeah, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen character. Maybe he's cleaning your laundry and doing something with that. Cat loves salmon. So you can throw big fish on there. Maybe my cartons and food it, are bleeding and there's bandages covering it up. So I think, okay, I gotta remember to get Band-Aids. Adam says once you come up with unusual, crazy, or even gross word associations, you have a much stronger chance of remembering your grocery list as you mentally walk through your memory palace. One, two, three. As for memorizing the order of a shuffle deck and then recreating the order in a new deck, 50. Adams did it within minutes. I did it. 52. <laughs> 
I have images associated with each card, so yeah. I place the images in, uh, in each location on my memory, memory palace, and then I just walk that path, and I know where I put everything. Julia Foy, Global News. Mm. Memory Palace. I yeah. would follow his directions, but I've forgotten them. <laughs> I was to say, with the word associations, then you've got to remember what the word associations are, right? In he that obviously order. doesn't have children. Yeah. It's like with names. I have a terrible time remembering names, but they say that the tidbit is, so when you first meet someone, hi, Sonia, nice to meet you, you have right. to repeat the name continuously. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you saw, hi, Sonia, hi, Sonia, nice to meet you. But if they don't look like the person that their name is, that's a tough one. Like, you don't look like a David... But, but you are but one. But they are? That's a tough one. Well, with names, I used to have a boss who used to write a little description of each person <laughs> oh, in no. a notebook, and then you remember... I don't know if it works. But uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for watching. Have a great evening. We'll see you back tonight here at 11.